Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of the fact that the Lord will deliver us, that we can call upon Him. He will rescue us. <laughs> Quite often, it's not the way we thought and the timing that we think, et cetera, et cetera. But we've actually seen particularly the heart of uh, David, the psalmist, and Solomon and Asaph uh, as far as to what this uh, deliverance is and how it comes about and what the Lord will do, that we can call upon Him. So I want to continue the 144th Psalm. We've been looking at that the last couple of episodes. We've looked at the first four verses. So let me reread those verses very quickly. And then we'll press on to a few more verses, okay? So here's Psalm 144, verse 1. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle, my loving kindness and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. Verse 3. O Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him, or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a mere breath. His days are like a passing shadow. So we've discussed these first four verses in a couple of previous episodes, so check those out. But the bottom line is this. David is saying, Lord, you are my rock. You are my uh, fortress, my stronghold, my deliverer, my shield, my refuge. And, Lord, you are the one who equips me and trains me for battle. You are the one that releases loving kindness within me. You are the one, Lord, that subdues the people underneath me. And so then David says, you know, God, in light of all that, who, what is man? And it's, it's very strong echoes of Psalm 8 where the same question is asked. You know, what is man that you're mindful of him, that you take knowledge of him? Or the son of man that you think of him? You know what? He's saying, we're, we're just a mere breath. We're a mere vapor. Our days pass by like a shadow and are so quick. What is it about us that, that you have knowledge of us and you still think of us? Well, he picks up this idea in verse 5 and says this, really interesting verse. Listen to this. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains that they may smoke well, that's interesting, isn't it? What does that mean? The Lexham help, uh, translation helps a little bit here. It says, O Yahweh, bow the heavens and come down. Touch the mountains so that they smoke. When you um, look in the Old Testament, you see several places where the Lord appeared uh, to individuals and to his people. And you would see, particularly like in the account with Moses, you see the mountains having fire upon it, one particular mountain, and smoking. So it's this idea that when the Lord comes down and touches the mountains, there's fire and there's smoke. Most of that is to hide the very presence of the Lord, right? But to bow the heavens. In other words, he is saying this. He's saying, Lord, I want you to stretch out. I want you to bend. I want you to uh, change the natural flow of things. Because where is God normally? God the Father is normally in heaven as spirit. God the Son is in heaven with a body now, okay? When David was writing this, he was in heaven and would appear from time to time as the angel of the Lord. So regardless, he's saying, Lord, I want you uh, to change what is the normative state of things. Bow the heavens, bend the heavens here, Lord, 
and come down. He's asking the Lord to come down. Well, come down to what purpose? Well, what we've been seeing in all these psalms, to rescue him, to deliver him. So look how he uh, brings forth the argument here, verse 5. Bow your heavens, O Lord, and come down. Touch the mountains that they may smoke, verse 6. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Send out your arrows and confuse them. So he's talking about the enemy that's come against him. We'll see just a moment, a little more about that. That We know that's what it is. But he's actually asking God and telling God how to do it. He's saying, hey, God, bring forth your lightning and scatter them. And you see places in the Scripture where the Lord uses uh, natural things to do battle for his people. Okay, He'll bring forth the locust. He'll bring forth the hornet. That's a place where he brings forth the hornet. He'll bring forth the lightning. And we know from the uh, book of Job that God uh, literally directs the lightning boat, that he guides the clouds. That's some interesting thoughts, isn't it? So David is saying this, Lord, bring forth the lightning and send out your arrows and destroy them, the King James says. The American Sanders says, says confuse them. The ESV and Lexham says, and rout them. <laughs> so he's saying, God, I want you to bring forth the things that we see in the natural. And I want you to do battle for me. <laughs> I want you to fight for me using these things and scatter the enemy. Verse 7, he says, stretch forth your hand from on high. Rescue me and deliver me out of great waters, out of the hand of the aliens whose mouth speak deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. So we see more about what's going on. There's people, he describes them here as aliens or foreigners. The King James says, out of strange children. That's a great line, isn't it? And he's saying, God, rid me of them, rescue me of them. Deliver me from them. What had they been doing? What we had seen in the previous psalm. Whose mouth speak deceit. And whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. And in the scripture and even in the society, the right hand is a picture of the seat of power. And he says their power and what they're functioning in, what they're doing is falsehood. They're speaking falsehood. They're declaring falsehood. They're lying about me, God. And, you know, the same thing happens today, as shocking as it may be. Uh, you know, sometimes people are quite shocked when they find out that their religious leadership lied to them. Okay? And people say, oh, no, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I'll tell you, folks, it does. Well, flat I know people that are in religious leadership that will just sit there and just to your face just lie to you. And I, even now, I find it hard to believe sometimes when I know it's happening. I sit there going, I know they're lying to me right now. And it, it happens, and it's very, very common. And David was struggling with that kind of thing. He had people that were lying with falsehood. He said their mouths speak deceit. They speak vanity. They speak lies. They speak falsely. That's what all these four translations I'm looking at, how they translate it. Okay, vanity, deceit, lies, falsehoods. That's a great thing, right? He says, they're doing this, and Lord, I need you to rescue me from this. I need you to deliver me from this. And he calls it a great water, a great water. Why a great water? That's an interesting little picture right there. Uh, in Scripture, a lot of times you'll see that the, the sea is a metaphor and a picture of humanity. And so it gives you a little bit of an idea right here to me at least that there's more than just one person doing this. 
Okay, there's a great water. There's a multitude of people that are lying about him. They're trying to see, uh, set him up or trying to do some things. And he's saying, what? God, I need you to rescue me. I need you to deliver me. And you know what, God? I need you to come down from your throne. I need you to bend the, the powers of creation right here to come down, to touch the mountains, your very presence to be here, that the mountains would smoke by your presence, that you would send forth your lightning like you did with Moses, that you would send forth your arrows, that you would confuse them, that you would do battle for me and that you would be victorious and that you, Lord, would deliver me. It's really a very vivid picture, is it not? And I love how David boldly comes before God and not only requests to be delivered and to be rescued, but says, hey, God, I got an idea here how you could do this. <laughs> you know, how you've done it in times past in the scripture. Will you do that for me? Is that not bold right there? I think sometimes we come before the Lord with our situations and circumstances and problems and things like that. And we say, God, you know, we sort of have the idea, you know, if you got a little time, if you got a little extra power, if you can get around to it, could you please come rescue me? But now he's saying what? He's saying, no, God, come. Come in might. Come in power. Rescue me. Deliver me. I think we might need to approach the Lord that way in faith and watch what he does. What do you think? Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode.